No golden passport nor a golden visa scheme can ever really be clean and legitimate. In reality, they're just a golden backdoor into the European Union for criminals. Criminals. It's not investment. It's criminal money. That was Sophie Intveld, Dutch member of the European Parliament. She's speaking out as the EU Commission launches legal action against Cyprus and also Malta over concerns about their citizenship by investment programs. Ms. Intveld is calling for a total ban on golden passports after watching a documentary by Al Jazeera's investigative unit that implicates senior Cypriot politicians in corruption. This House has been debating the problems with golden passports since 2014. Why did it take so long? Why did the authorities wait so long to intervene? Why did we have to wait for brave journalists to uncover the scandals that we all suspected for a long time? The sound you're hearing are Cypriot citizens rising up in anger against their government. They say they've had enough of the corruption, the greed, and the reputational damage caused by their country's golden passport program. I'm here today to demonstrate against the corruption which is happening in our country. Cypriots are not all corrupt. We stand up against corruption. We feel ashamed for, from what we saw. People said enough is enough. And what they saw that was so shocking was the documentary by Al Jazeera's investigative unit. This is Al Jazeera Investigates. I'm Kevin Hurton. You know, when I think about how the Cyprus Papers played out, the expression, show me, don't tell me, keeps coming to mind. In August of 2020, we told you about the potential corruption in the Golden Passport program. It was a major leak of passport applications that demonstrated how politically exposed persons and even criminals were being issued passports in Cyprus, which of course gives them access to the entire European Union. The Cypriot interior minister dismissed the evidence. He's saying Al Jazeera is not doing investigative journalism, but propaganda against Cyprus. But in a new investigation, the Cyprus Papers undercover by Al Jazeera's investigative unit, we've uncovered evidence that has been impossible to ignore. We begin this news hour in Cyprus, where the government is suspending a controversial citizenship for investment program after an undercover investigation by Al Jazeera. This story exploded in Cyprus. Even members of the Cypriot parliament were surprised by what we discovered. Here's independent MP Anna Theologou. Unfortunately, what we have seen, it's something that was being discussed within people, but we've never seen it at the level that you have shown us through the video. The outrage was fierce and the results have been swift. It triggered a debate in the European Parliament. Here's Dutch MEP Euron Lenners. Can we talk about golden passports? If we, we just need to use the real name, we need to call them false passports, criminal passports. Uh, and lots of people come from all around the world, and there's huge uh, uh, risk of uh, tax evasion, corruption, money laundering. This is what it is. This is uh, financing criminality. They are criminal passports. To Cyprus now, where the government is suspending a controversial citizenship for investment program after an undercover investigation by Al Jazeera. Just one day after we released our film, the Cyprus government announced that it would abolish its passport for investment scheme on November 1st. And then came the resignations. The Speaker of the Cyprus Parliament has resigned in the wake of a cash for passports scandal. 
As Speaker, Dimitris Salouris was the second most powerful person in the government. Prominent member of parliament Christakis Giovanni also stepped down. Both men were implicated in our film, which revealed how criminals would be able to get Cypriot passports. And the attorney general has launched a criminal investigation. Before we dive into the details of the film, I'd like to bring in our investigative reporter, David Harrison. He managed the undercover team in Cyprus and was on the ground there when we released our investigation. David, how you doing? Very well, thank you, Kevin. All right, David, let's talk about the fallout to this story. You spent an entire week reporting in Cyprus, and what a week it was. You started the week being vilified by the government and ended it being celebrated by the people. It was a dramatic transformation. When we arrived in Cyprus, it was the day before the uh, documentary was actually broadcast. The government had launched this kind of what can only be described as a hostile campaign, denouncing us as agents of Turkey, as doing a live broadcast, and suddenly all these police officers arrived. Sirens and lights flashing. They were really quite hostile to us. The police had impounded the van. And what they said they were doing was testing it to see if it was a spy van. You can imagine it was quite a nervy night for us. We, we thought our security was uh, potentially under threat. But then the next day, the documentary went out and I was doing live broadcasts outside the parliament. Things happened at a sort of breakneck speed. Well, as you can see and you can hear, the demonstrators are still here. They're chanting, they're calling for resignations. It was an extraordinary reaction, Kevin. And totally unexpected. We knew we had powerful stuff, but we didn't expect it to happen so quickly. In quick succession, we had the government announcing that they're going to abolish the passport scheme. And one of the MPs we exposed, Christakis Giovanni, resigned. And then the Attorney General announced a criminal investigation. And this was all happening but almost by the hour. The following night, Wednesday night, the second demonstration outside Parliament. And these scenes here were even more extraordinary. But they're not stopping there. The Speaker of Parliament, Demetrius Salouris, they want him to go. Demetrius Salouris, the second most powerful person in Cyprus, his name was being chanted and people were demanding his resignation. Then he really had no choice. He finally resigned. Some of them are calling for even the president himself to resign. They say they're fed up, they've had enough corruption. They want Cyprus to be cleaner, healthier and prosperous. They were chanting, and at one point they are even chanting the name of Al Jazeera. Okay, so let's find out how we got here go inside the undercover operation that's bringing down the Golden Passport scheme in Cyprus. There's a simple animating question at the heart of this. Is it possible for a known criminal, a known criminal, to get a passport in Cyprus? We wanted to find out for ourselves. Here's how we set it up. We sent two undercover reporters to Cyprus, an island in the eastern Mediterranean. They're posing as representatives of a wealthy Chinese businessman whom we're calling Mr. X. They're trying to get a passport for Mr. X. The two main things they disclose about Mr. X, one, he's incredibly wealthy, and two, that he's a convicted criminal sentenced in exile by the Chinese government to seven years in prison for bribery and money laundering. David, one of the things I love about this story is that it really takes us on a journey. And with each step, we get closer and closer to the nexus of power. And we kind of watch as these undercover reporters make new contacts, get deeper and deeper inside the secret castle, if you will. And we're going to break this down and make it very simple. Our undercover reporters proceed through four different levels. The first is the estate agents. The second level is the lawyer. The third level is the member of parliament. And the fourth level is the speaker. So let's start with the estate agents. Tell me about them. 
They were the first level of contact once we'd reached the island. We met Tony and Denise Kay. And they own a company called Sold on Cyprus, and they sell properties. You'll meet the team, the lawyers, the accountants, the ministers. They're plugged into this so-called passport for investment scheme that uh, is a legitimate EU scheme and uh, under the scheme you pay a certain amount of money in the case of Cyprus it's 2.5 million US you buy a property and that will get you a passport but there are certain provisos and one is that you must have a clean criminal record if you have a criminal record you cannot get an EU passport the Cyprus program came along mm. then it just exploded. It's mm. about getting sound investments and producing the passport. How many cases you have done in total? Hundreds. Our undercover reporters were instructed to tell each person they met that their client was a wealthy criminal. With this record, Chinese government charged him for bribery. So we met Tony and Denise at a hotel in, in Cyprus and we explained this to them. And they hardly batted an eyelid. Police report from Hong Kong will show the warrant for the seven years. They just talked about it being a hurdle and a headache and a problem, but they were very confident they could find a solution. And what this told me is that they've done this many times before. That this trust has been built up. It, just, it hasn't been plucked from thin air. Tony Kay said they'd done hundreds of passport cases of which a number, he said, had been problematical. There are some clients that we've helped, we've assisted to get passports, and some were problematical. But we managed to break all the rules. That's an amazing thing to say. We managed to break all the rules. And at no time did he say, stop. He's got a criminal record. We cannot help you. I'm sorry. We have a 100% hmm. success rate. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yes, they said, we'll find a solution. And he mentioned the name of one man who was mentioned by everybody else and is at the centre of this network of enablers. And his name was Christakis Giovanni. And the most mm. important person is Chris. Chris. Yeah, he's a member of parliament. He's actually very, very, very good man to know mm -hmm. when it comes to doing what we're doing right now. He is the man who has access both to property, has access to the highest levels of government. Before we could talk to Christakis, who they talk about in almost hushed tones, like this is the man who can solve problems. He's a solution finder. He unlocks the key. We have to go up one more level first, and that is to meet the lawyer. And this lawyer is quite a character in this story, and I think he's probably going to be having some somewhat awkward conversations with the Bar Association after this. Tell me about the lawyer. Yes, well, the, the lawyer, his name is Andreas Petagis. Our undercover reporters went to see him and explained the situation again. Our client is a criminal, very rich, seven years, sentence in absentia. Two years ago, he was uh, involved in some business activities which broke the law illegally, basically illegal. So he had convictions. Yeah, did you pick that up? He said, so he has convictions. Like, no big deal, so he has convictions. Most of the time, there are solutions. The vast majority of times there are solutions. And then in great detail, he outlined the various ways in which we could disguise the fact that this man was a criminal. One of them was to set up a front company. And then you, you make the application through that company. Because not all companies are criminals. Then he came up with another suggestion, that you go through a family member, usually his wife. I had a client who wanted to do an investment and could, but his wife could. And again, he said... They'd done this before. This is not a new idea. This is a tried and tested way. 
So the money comes in the wife's name. And then he said, that man again, Christakis Giovanni, he said he would lean on people to, uh, to overlook the husband's background. So they're separating the wife from the husband, they get the passport in the wife's name, and the husband gets it as, as a relative. And he intimates that Giovanni has contacts deep within the government. He knows the people who actually process these things, and he has probably the line of the story. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you know the angels, yes. you don't need God. When you know the angels, you don't need God. That's almost like a line from a mafia film. He believes that he has connections deep within the government, not just at the political level, but at the civil service level. He talks about various ways to get around the problem. The problem, of course, being that Mr. X is a criminal. You touched on a couple of them, but I think the most striking one is the idea that they could just change his name. You can change the name without any questions. Give him a completely new identity. Absolutely. Having a new passport with a new name means you're a new person. And your criminal record is separated from you. You are free to, free to roam around. And he quoted the example of one person who on his real name wasn't allowed to travel anywhere. That man now has an EU passport. So we made an affidavit in Cyprus, changed his name, changed his passport. He's traveling now with his new passport. And he's free to travel all over the European Union and many, many other countries where EU citizenship allows visa-free travel. And he said that he had lots of clients who had common American names. I have a client that his name now is the name half of, half of United States has. But if you check his original name, he cannot not even travel with that name. And he made a joke of it. You know, he said, uh, that's Cyprus, and laughed. Done this before? Of course. Wow. This is Cyprus. <laughs> yeah. He says, this is, this is Cyprus. It means people can disappear, which is crazy. Oliver Bullo is an anti-money laundering analyst. This is what he has to say about the idea that they could just change someone's name. This allows people to just sidestep all the restrictions that the international community puts in place to try and prevent criminals from evading responsibility for their crimes. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. The passports really are secondary to bringing this man's money into the island, into whatever projects that they're developing, which Christakis, while being a member of parliament, he's also a major property developer. Let's talk about Christakis and the first time the undercover reporters met him. I think the lawyer described him as a man who performs not miracles, but near miracles. Not illegal, but on the verge. This was a man who makes things happen. We're in this restaurant and Christakis was amenable to the idea. He was willing to help our man get the passport. It's not easy. Mm. But take a promise, yeah. we shall do the best. And I believe we have the experience to help the people to take a passport, mm. and why not? He didn't talk as freely as, as some of the others. I yeah. think that's fair to say. One of the things that our Cypriot context mentioned is that there's a big difference between getting the money onto the island and getting him onto the island in the form of citizenship. And really made clear that the money part was the hard part. If they could get past the KYC, the know your customer, the anti-money laundering regulations, then getting citizenship would really be just a formality. Yeah, that was absolutely crucial. The lawyer explained it's harder to get past the banks than it is through, through the government and the civil servants, where they've got more influence. So... This all leads to this final scene, this final meeting at Christakis's house, and they have a special guest. Who is he? 
That guest was none other than the Speaker of the Cyprus Parliament, Dimitris Salouris. We knew this was a hugely significant meeting. We'd got to the heart of the Cyprus government, the very upper echelons of it. I think it's important to remind our listeners that these undercover reporters, they're acting as representatives of a fictional businessman. These people they're meeting with don't know Mr. X's name. They don't have any proof of his funds. And based on an anonymous client, they get a lunch meeting with the Speaker of the Parliament. That is unbelievable. It was astonishing. We couldn't really believe that this access was being given to us so readily. And it shows again to me, this is a well-trodden path. This man is trusted, this chain, this network of enablers is trusted because it's worked in the past. Okay, all right, let's get into what, what they say at this meeting. So it started off, it was lunch. Billy Lee, our undercover operative, had a chat with Saluris and talked about the criminality of his client. And eventually they suggested that Saluris, Christakis, and our undercover operative adjourned to a side room. It's actually Christakis's office. It was time to talk. If there is a problem, we're not going to stop. We're not going to abandon. And we will have the solution. So they go into the back room. They're sitting there with these big glasses of wine, and they're having this conversation about how they can make this thing happen. And they're working hard at it. They're racking their brains. They're coming up with suggestions. Salurus then comes up with the idea, maybe it's better to do it in his wife's name. What about his wife? If he's okay, the wife, go with the wife. And yeah. then he can bring him in as a husband. Again, echoing the talk of Andreas, the lawyer, from a previous meeting. Yeah, and they even invite Mr. X to come to Cyprus. They think that's the best next step. Come to Cyprus. Mm. We host him here for two days. Mm. I'll be in a meeting with him. And then we'll make a new plan. And the way that they end this conversation is offering unquestioned support. And not just support from him, but support from almost the entire island. Full support of Cyprus. At any level, political, economic, social, everything. We talked about politically, socially, economically. This was unbridled support. There were no, no caveats here, no restrictions. You have our full support. And there's a sort of golden moment in the film, which is a very telling moment, when he looks up at our undercover operative and he gives a wink and raises his glass. Do you see that? Mm. I have to protect mm. my, my, my name as well. The wink. Oh, man, the wink. I wish you could see the wink over the podcast. Another moment I think is, is worth mentioning, that when they came out of the room, our undercover operative made a final approach up to Solaris and said, look, you know, can we really rely on your support here? And he said, I cannot guarantee it 100%. I cannot say how many percent. And then he added with a twinkle, but I can guarantee 99%. When I say 99%. So after we see all this access, this warm relationship with the person who represents a convicted criminal, when confronted with the evidence, all those involved denied wrongdoing. Well, one thing's for sure, the public certainly didn't buy that explanation. All this public anger following an Al Jazeera expose of senior politicians willing to sell Cypriot passports to convicted criminals. There was anger across Europe. Christian Vigan, spokesperson for the European Commission, he commented. We watched in disbelief how high-level officials we're trading European citizenship for financial gains. President von der Leyen was clear when saying that European values are not for sale. At first, Dimitris Salouris tried to hold on to power, saying he would abstain from duties until an investigation was complete. But that wasn't enough. In a highly significant development, MPs are also expressing their anger. 
There was a parliamentary committee meeting due to take place today that Saluris was heading. He was due to chair it, and all the MPs, including members of his own party, refused to take part. And then he resigned, still maintaining his innocence. David, when was it that you realized this wasn't just your normal scandal, that this might be something bigger? For Cyprus. I, I think we knew the tide had turned when we saw the memes are, uh, appearing on social media, sayings that from the film, Salurus famously said, you have our full support. We also raised a glass. And this wine glass was appearing on placards. Yeah, people seem to really pick up on the images of those wine glasses. You saw them in signs. You saw people were clinking oversized wine glasses in the crowd. It really struck a chord. And then there was the lawyer who delivered a line that's become absolutely notorious when he said, this is Cyprus. This is Cyprus. <laughs> and that phrase infuriated people. This is not Cyprus. This is not the Cyprus that we want. And then there's this guy who went on social media. We have the solution for you. Come over to the sunny Mediterranean island of Cyprus and spend your dodgy millions in property. I think once people start to mock politicians, you know that they've lost it. So, David, where do things go from here? I mean, change like this does not come about very often. Are people confident in this criminal investigation and that the passport scheme will really be done away with? I think there's uncertainty among Cypriot people who've sort of seen political scandals like this before and found very little punishment being doled out. There are some fears among opposition MPs that the scheme will somehow come back, but in a different guise. I am concerned. Opposition MP Eleni Mavro. The government made changes to the scheme only when the pressure was full on. They didn't volunteer, they didn't do it on their own volition. You must understand that a very powerful lobby is pushing for this scheme. Following this documentary, the European Parliament debated the issue of golden passports. Here's Evan Inser, MEP from Sweden. Convicted oligarchs and corrupt businessmen have nothing to do here in the EU. I'm glad that the Commission has at last started to be active on this matter, even though it has taken for a long time. Some people in the EU actually want the whole scheme EU-wide to be abolished. They say it's just too, too prone to, to money laundering and, and corruption. There should be no room for golden visa programs. Eero Heinaloma, MEP from Finland. EU passports and visa are not a commodity. Therefore, Council Presidency, Commissioner, I urge you, get your acts together. Let's ban these programs completely. David, thanks a lot. Thank you, Kevin. David Harrison talking to me after a memorable week in Cyprus. And we're going to end, as we sometimes like to do, with a song. This is a satirical song about the Cyprus Papers. It's performed by a band called Alalyum. I'll translate this bit because I love it. Put the wine down, Saluris, to rejoice and come out and tell the world that you'll resign. And here's the kicker. Hey, well, this is Cyprus, man. If you like this podcast and want to hear more about this story, go back and listen to our previous episode, The Cyprus Papers. And that will do it for this episode of Al Jazeera Investigates. This episode was produced by me, Kevin Hurton, with help from David Harrison and Sarah Yeo. 
The show was edited by Leo Safayanis. The show's executive producer is Joe DeFrias. Al Jazeera's head of audio is Graylin Brashear. And Al Jazeera's director of investigative journalism is Phil Reese. We will see you next time. Yeah.